Thank you for tuning in. This episode is packed. If you're a leader who seeks greater employee engagement and growth, you're going to want to listen to this episode at least twice and have a notepad ready. Nikki Llewellyn is an expert and an evangelist for employee engagement. I've talked to Nikki many times and always leave energized and encouraged with real insights as well as tactics and strategies. In this episode, we talk about how to define what employee engagement looks like for you and your team, why measuring is important, along with what questions to ask and the right frequency to do so. We talk about how to set the stage for and what it takes to be successful in any employee engagement initiative. Along the way, we also talk about what holds most leaders and leadership teams back from getting real results. And if that wasn't enough, which it isn't, we talk about why manager training is essential for success. Then there are the topics of coaching, mentoring, and peer-to-peer learning and how critical they are for success. We discuss those too. And so you always know where things stand. Throughout this episode, we talk about Amplify, an employee engagement technology platform used often by Nikki and one that I've become affiliated with for the firms that I work for looking for this type of data technology platform. It's an example of the types of things I wish I knew of and had access to when I was in your shoes day in and day out. Finally, towards the end of this episode, Nikki shares about an opportunity for talent-focused leaders to share their story and expand their knowledge and connections. So without any further delay, let's do it. Welcome to AEC Leadership Today, the podcast designed exclusively for engineering, architecture, and construction industry leaders who want to stay relevant and effective. The show takes on the most pressing issues facing the AEC industry and was created to help you and your firm grow and prosper in the 21st century. The host of AEC Leadership Today is Pete Atherton, a professional engineer and former AEC principal and owner turned AEC coach and consultant. And now, take a break from your never-ending to-do list and welcome Peter Atherton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of AEC Leadership Today. Today, we'll be speaking with Nikki Llewellyn, a well-known and highly regarded employee engagement evangelist, and we'll be discussing employee engagement and the importance of mentoring. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Hey, thanks, Pete. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, I'm so glad you're able to join us today. But before we begin, can you share a bit about yourself and what you do and how you became an employee engagement evangelist? Oh, I love that title. Thanks for teeing that up. It just sounds so great. So thank you. Um, I'm happy to be here. And, you know, since 2006, I've worked alongside, gosh, hundreds of business owners um, as I have run an organization called Rainmakers that I still own today and just really bringing best practices to them on how to grow their business, how to make rain, if you will. And, you know, along that journey and also really earlier in my life, I just saw a number of people that were just going through the motions and you just hear, you know, this messaging around, oh, Mondays, but oh, Fridays, right? And how many people, you know, we spend a majority of our life, I think it's two thirds of the time when in our working you know, years working in our careers and we wait for Friday rather than embracing the fact that, you know, this work can be an extension of us. And um, so I just, I got on that mission many years ago and I'm just really excited to spend a lot of my time there now. The other side of that, that I just get really passionate about is I think the greatest 
the single thing that we can focus on to grow our businesses is developing our people and pouring into our people because people, they're the ones that bring the innovative ideas. They're the ones that drive the, you know, the energy of the organization, that build the culture. It all comes from the people. And so on the other side, I think it is the greatest KPI to keep an eye on is how engaged are our people um, to grow a business. So, yeah, I think two things there, just to sum that up. One is I just, I want to see people have an extension of themselves and really come alive in, in, you know, the time, the very short time we get to spend on this earth and work is a huge piece of that. Why would we spend time not enjoying it and using our strengths and coming alive? And then the other is, you know, in business leadership, greatest KPI is engaged people. They're going to, you know, significantly game change the outcome that you're looking for in your business. Right. And so let's start there. I mean, what is, um, what is your best definition of employee engagement? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, I think that sometimes it can be a very squishy term, if you will. And, you know, the way I look at it is when people are using discretionary effort to do their work, they're bringing passion and energy. So you see a passion, they're aligned, their strengths are aligned, um, that the energy that you can see and feel, but ultimately it's a discretionary effort that they bring forward. Very different than satisfied, right? When we're satisfied, it's kind of, you know, we're going through the motions, it's good, it's not great, we're leaning back versus leaning in. Um, I work really closely with an organization called Amplify um, on the daily. And I love their definition. They say it's a head, heart, and hands connection. So it's the way you think about the business in your head, the way you feel about the business in your heart, and ultimately the work that you do or that discretionary effort that comes out, you know, in, in your hands and the way that you, you do your work. Right. Because it's going to translate into action and action and the results, you know, in the organization and and on the teams. And so, I mean, what are leaders doing to to get it, to get this thing called employee engagement and to maintain it? I mean, what 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 is being done today? Yeah, ultimately, I think every organization needs to define what is important an engaged employee to them, you know, so just like anything, we've got to have a clear understanding of the vision that we're after, and then we have to have goals to improve it. So how do we define what is an engaged employee here at ABC company and that every leader in the organization understands what that means and is working towards that vision. And then second, we have to be able to measure that. How do we break that down and understand where we're at and what we need to work on? You know, people, humans are the most complex thing there is, I think, on the earth, right? And so really dissecting um, what is that employee engagement to us at this company and then understanding at any given time, because humans change all the time. You You can have one bad interaction at a company meeting that makes people start to feel differently in their heart about the business. We got to catch that. And so measuring is, is really important. And I think that's one of the greatest things that people do is clearly, clearly define it and then measure it and tap into the things that aren't working and fix it. Right. I want to talk about the measuring, but before we do that, you said something like define what employee engagement means for us and our organization. So if I'm a leader uh, and I'm part of the leadership team and we want more of this thing called employee engagement, because I assume people today don't argue that there's an ROI on it, that, that, that it's sort of the, okay, employee engagement is good. We want it. And if the first step is defining what it, what, what it means for our organization, I mean, have you, how, how does a leadership team start with, okay, let's, let's begin this process of wanting, of achieving employee engagement. How do you, how do you go about like, okay, let's define what it means for us. 
Yeah, I think I think that's a great question. I don't know if there's a singular answer to it, but if you think about how a company creates their vision or their core values, you know, leadership has to get aligned on what how do we want to define what an engaged employee looks like here? And so, it, you know, if they spent spent time whiteboarding and brainstorming and really tied it into the, you know, the overall mission and vision that they have for their company, maybe it breaks down into three things. Um, our people know their individual purpose. Our people are on a growth journey and our people bring passion to the work that they do every day, right? And so ultimately, you know, any engagement tool is going to wrap up into those. They're going to encompass those main things, I would hope, especially if you're using like a scientific tool, like an Implify or something. Um, yeah, but I think it's, there's no singular path to get there. Ultimately, it is leadership coming together and aligning and making sure that then all middle management understands what is this? How do we define this here? And it's really a litmus test that at any given time, if you can see somebody showing up and that like energy is just off, great segue to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation to really understand what that is. And the reason why I'm asking is because, you know, we're all committed to your engagement here at ABC company. And I see this and I, I want to spend time with you because this is important to all of us. And we're all aligned on it. That helpful? Well, I mean, it is, but it's almost like we need this is the mission and the vision of our organization. These are our goals in the marketplace, in the world, like wh whatever it is. And then it's a <clears throat> how do our individuals align with that? So we, we have to understand the mission of the organization and its, its, its vision and values, but then there's, there's a disconnect if we don't connect it to an individual. Yes, exactly. And so, do you find that leaders? accept that? Do you have a hard time with it? Is, is it a sort of a, a mental roadblock with the, well, we're employed here. This is our mission. It's, it's attractive enough. I mean, we want you to get on board and figure out that alignment yourself or how do you, or does yeah. the leadership teams sort of work their way into the individual levels to create that alignment? Yeah, I think the gap is um, at every level of leadership where one of the greatest challenges in employee engagement is middle managers um, and their ability to help their team members engage. And so I think what we don't do well is define what is employee engagement, why is it important, and helping to equip those middle level managers with the tools, whether that is um, data, like I love to talk about, you know, equipping managers with data about their team to be able to understand what to do, because every individual team is a different set of human beings, so they've got different needs, right? Um, and so ultimately, I think what we don't do in engage mentoring, which is another company that I'm, I'm very fond of and part of, we do a people first assessment where we get um, really executive level leaders to um, really reflect on where there's gaps in building a people first organization. And one of the questions that says, do managers of all levels understand and influence employee engagement daily? I the, almost all the time they're like, no, because we we haven't, like, I don't think we've spent time even helping them understand what employee engagement is or ultimately how to drive that forward. And I think, you know, getting clear at every level to equip those leaders to be able to do that on their own, to empower them to take that on and giving them the tools is really important. Right. So from a, from a big picture leadership perspective, what very, very clear in our mission, vision, and values, but then there's there's the disconnect. And I mean, and Gallup has the reports year after year that 
two-thirds of managers are disengaged themselves, and 70% of the variance of employee engagement is the manager. So there's that little bit of a math problem where the folks who are the largest variant in employee engagement are disengaged themselves. And so really leadership needs to really engage and inspire the managers so that they can understand first and then be able to engage and inspire the employees. So that, that, I mean, what that, that's a major level of investment to, you know, this is the concept of employee engagement. Here's language and tactics and tools to be able to engage your people. But there's that, engage the manager first piece, it seems like in a lot of organizations. I totally agree. So, you know, if we broke that down to, you know, steps on what to do, I think every leader in the organization should have training and coaching on employee engagement to understand what it is, what we're trying to do as an organization, how we've defined it, and what is our system, you know, for ongoing support to equip these managers with tools. For example, powerful employee engagement questions for one-on-ones, just equipping them with like one or two questions that they can use um, on a monthly basis, right? Just breaking that down for them to equip them in that way, I think is really important. So training, coaching for managers of every level. And then, you know, there's two things that I've found through data, both, you know, I love to research with and learn from Gallup, but also I spend a lot of time with Amplify. Two things that I've seen equipping leaders with, um, I guess, tactics around these two things can really help to unlock engagement on their teams. One is helping them to build relationships. I think we look over that uh, a lot. And nowadays, I think we, we take it for granted as a skill that people just have that. They don't. And teaching them how to listen better, how to follow up, how to, um, you know, ultimately make the people on their teams feel like they matter. I think relationship building skills is is huge. And, and really, you can see a lot of movement on employee engagement scores on a team when you when you pour into that. Number two is helping that manager to tap into the meaning of every individual employee. We all come to work for different reasons. We come to work because we believe so strongly in the purpose of the business, for example. We come to work because we want, we, we're an influencer and we want this workplace as a platform to be able to influence others, teaching, coaching, you know, whatever that might be. Um, some people come to work because of status and achievement. They're just very driven by next level and they, a success path is super important for them. Um, other people are motivated and meaning is, comes from money, the money that they make and uh, no right or wrong on any of these, but really helping managers at every level understand what brings that team member to work, ultimately like what is meaning to them and tapping into that, you're going to see engagement scores um, significantly different if they're not doing that right now, building relationships and helping to tap into the meaning of every individual employee on their team. And that is a development path because a lot of managers, particularly in professional services space, I mean, they, they get promoted to manager because they're really good at a technical element. And, and so you're really good at this. So the next step is to be a project manager or a, a team leader. And so developing that relationship skill set or the value of the human connection, I think is, it is something that we may not intuitively have because we developed our skill set and got promoted because of, a, of, of our technical skills and our ability to, to shine in a technical format. So how do you, you talked about data and measurement, how how is data and measurement used today? Because you hear about, you know, the annual employee engagement survey 
Um, and then it happens once every five years or it happened, the annual survey happened once. I mean, how, how do you, what, what's the difference? And are firms doing it, annual employee engagement surveys? And I know Amplify um, talks about it in a quarterly survey, but can you talk about the state of the survey industry and kind of where it's been and where it might be going and maybe the benefits of yeah. the Amplify way? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I think everyone that's probably listening to this podcast, unless they're living under a, a rock, knows that talent and workplace talent challenges are huge, right? It's at the top of the list for everyone. And that's because average tenure today is like two years, whereas, you know, my parents' generation, both of them worked at the same company for 30, both of them, you know, and that was traditional for um, their generation. It's just changed a lot because there's so many opportunities. So whether it's um, five generations in the workplace, average tenure being two years, the talent shortage, whatever that may be, thinking a once a year ask of our employees to give us feedback. So we've got data on how they're doing and the needs that they have. Just think about that for a second. It's, probably not the best strategy. And so, you know, in the past, we might have consultants come on site and do, you know, annual um, one-on-ones to collect information. And we get a big 400 uh, binder full of information on what all they collected. But by the time we even get that information, it's all compiled. It's like, you know, what, four or six months later before we've got that end project. And then, you know, the caveat is, you know, how do we get started on it? What do we do? And so, you know, I think tools today like Amplify, there's a number of different systems out there to help to measure employee engagement and get real time data back to leaders. When I say real time, like in a couple of days after they've completed um, the, the feedback to be able to be operating on what's happening right now, because any given things can change so quickly and throw people down the path of looking for a new job. And so, Agile approach is just, I'm a huge fan of being agile in your employee engagement um, measurement. And so asking like on a quarterly basis, I think is very reasonable. Sometimes you see different tools. It's like there's assessments going out every week. I think you might get survey fatigue and I have seen, you know, some scoring tend to dip as you're consistently asking because it's just too much. But a, a quarterly strategy seems to make a lot of sense because going back to the very beginning of the podcast here, I think one of our greatest leading indicators of to grow our business, to keep our, keep our eye on a strong KPI is employee engagement scores. And most of the things, you know, in our business strategically, we're measuring quarterly. And so if we're incorporating in engagement data into our quarterly strategy for planning and constantly iterating on, you know, how to, how to shift based on where the problems today and honing in on one or two things, because, you know, gone are the days of getting 400 page binders and trying to put together a strategy that doesn't come alive for another six months because it's just too overwhelming using a technology to really hone in on where data shows us the greatest red flags are and focus on one or two things at a time take action and then um, take action then measure on that again to see how we're doing and what's working and what's not I think is is very appropriate the other is making sure we've got confidential ways of collecting feedback so that a people participate you know if if you're going to be collecting data you want I mean my uh typical answer is at least a 70% participation rate so you're getting a nice snapshot of where people truly are from a from a majority um, so you want them participating and then ongoing participation, 
participation because they can trust the um, the platform that they're using versus like people, oh, we've got an open door in the HR department for the next week for you to go in and do, you know, stay interviews, which I think stay interviews are fantastic, but really getting to if there are issues that people are going to come forward with that many times they don't feel comfortable just sharing in a one-on-one, having a confidential platform to be able to capture that and making sure that we're staying on top of that quarterly. How do you, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things that I've heard um, regarding and firms that I've worked with. There's got to be a level of trust. So in order to have an employee engagement survey that has results in the participation, you really need to establish that level of trust ahead of time, that this is, we truly care about this subject and we know about it and we want to be able to get feedback so that we can do a better job. But have you run into, or what's your advice for organizations to sort of set up the, the, um, set, set the, the, um, set up trust as the, I guess, pregame the survey in a way that leads to sort of trust in people wanting to participate. And then what about the questions? So there's the, a lot of surveys are in satisfaction surveys and the, and the results come back, you know, really good. And so we don't need to do anything more because they really haven't asked some of the right questions or it takes three or four times before, okay, I trust this process. Now I'm going to share the real information. So I guess the long question coming out is how do you set up the guidelines to have a trusting relationship to really get the feedback? And then what questions are you actually asking today that measure engagement and not just satisfaction? Yeah, no, no, great question. So I think in setting the stage, um, a CEO that is involved in sharing the reason why, the the vision for why we're engaging this tool, maybe it's an Amplify, um, and, and really setting the, the vision for why we're doing this. Ultimately, if that message is, you know, we want to build a place that is the best place that you've ever worked in a, um, a tone of transparency. We want to know at any given time when there are things that are not allowing you to bring your greatest energy and passion to your work. We, we want to have a tool to be able to catch that and we want to be able to take action on it. And that's our promise to you is we're going to take action on it. So I think a CEO that sets that tone, um, great companies I've seen do this well, a couple of things. One, they'll do if they can bring everybody together in a company meeting and share the vision of this and and that CEO, sometimes their chief people officer or CHRO getting involved in that as well. And just sharing from the heart, like why, what is the purpose of why we're doing this? And, you know, sometimes companies that are spread out, you know, this is where they'll do like a live video feed to make sure that everybody's able to be engaged, even the people that aren't in the room. One, two, I see, you know, series of videos go out about like we work with a national benefits firm. They've got like 85 offices and not necessarily is it easy to get everybody together. So they do, you know, like a a live webinar type thing, but then there's multiple little videos um, before launching the original survey that shares um, expectations on what's to come. Like, hey, this assessment should take um, approximately six minutes. Here's what confidentiality looks like. For example, um, we will never disclose information unless you're in a subgroup of five people. You're never going to get singled out. Things that make them feel protected, right? Just setting the stage for all of that. There, there needs to be a lot of like work done up front to make people feel safe and comfortable. I think that's important. And then also having managers reiterate that on their team meetings. Like, here's what's coming. Here's the expectations. Here's why we're doing it. And here's how we protect your information, you know? So I think that that's all on the setting the stage side on the questions to ask. So 
Um, there's been a lot of research done with, with the work that I've done with Amplify, leaning on science-based, like statistically valid data, working with universities, organizational PhDs. What we've found is there's 17 different drivers to unlock employee engagement. And, you know, Pete, you and I have different needs. Like my need for autonomy might be much stronger than your need for friendships at work, right? And those those would be two of the examples of drivers. And so um, I think, you know, understanding that those are the drivers and then there are specific questions that help to capture um, data points on where people are answering on the scale. Um, those questions, but then to be able to follow up with qualitative questions when we find that, let's say, a particular team is struggling with trust, then to be able to ask an open-ended question after gathering a data point, like just on a, on a scalable question, to really go deeper and understand, okay, we've got a team of 12 that's really struggling with trust, and to understand um, maybe a uh, start doing, stop doing question, what's something that you would like to see us start doing or stop doing in order to encourage trust building on this team, you know, particularly, and to be able to ask questions that are very pointed, knowing what they've been struggling with. Right. And I like that approach because although there's all these different drivers, you're right. I mean, everyone's in a different season of their career and what drove someone five or 10 years ago is different than what's driving them today. And there's different personality types. And so it's important to segment that. I mean, do you find that leaders need to also not just set the stage generally with the employees, but set the stage with managers who might be feeling a little vulnerable or might have fear that my team might you know, have different, you know, they might say something where they're going to highlight a development need I have. I mean, is there some special work you might have to do with the managers? Again, they're sort of busy and consumed and they're not engaged themselves, but yet they're administering a survey that might expose something about themselves. I mean, do you think there's some, some work that has to, to move forward with the managers and the team leaders to say, listen, we're going to collect this information and we want you to encourage your team to be able to tell the truth and what we're going to support you in that process. Do you see that as, as a, as another connection link that has to happen? I do. And I think that that gets incorporated into the specific meetings that are set up on a, a cadence to support managers just just on the topic of employee engagement on their teams. So the greatest companies I know do training to support managers on defining what is an engaged employee here at this company. Here's what we're all working towards, but it's defined. Here's our goals. You know, here are the next steps that we're working on in order to do this. And then here's how we're going to use this tool like an Amplify or whatever it may be in order to empower you to have better insight on your team and build specific plans that tap into those individual people. I think, you know, getting very clear and doing dedicated manager employee engagement training is, is really important. The second part is like professional personal development around develop, you know, just developing those managers engagement helping them find meaning. Ultimately, if they are more fulfilled at work and they're living out their purpose because the executive team is supporting or, or a consultant has, that's coming in is supporting the managers to unlock the meaning that they have for the work that they're doing there, they're going to be more energetic. energetic. They're going to be more excited and they're going to be able to have that just I think the more energy to support their team in doing the same. So two, one is 
systematically supporting the manager with how to drive from a tools perspective, how we're going to drive employee engagement throughout the organization, but also spending dedicated time in personal development journey with, with those leaders driving their engagement themselves as individuals. Right, right. And leaders becoming more managers to be able to coach and mentor and engage them. And it's the, you know, whether it be coaching and mentoring internally or having those external resources to those managers to help them, you know, see the, you know, the, the speed of change in, you know, their, their evolution from a strong technical person to a manager or a manager of 10 people to a manager of 20 people and leading a practice group or leading a division to be able to get that outside coaching as well as the inside coaching, I think is, is super important today, again, for them to be able to engage and inspire those behind them. So I want to get, talk a little bit more um, into how we're using the data, but we've mentioned Amplify. Can you share just a little bit about Amplify and, and what they do and how they administer surveys? Um, so just to get a sense of when we've mentioned Amplify, kind of what is Amplify and, and how do they operate as far as collecting data and supporting employee engagement? Yeah, yeah, sure. Amplify is an employee engagement data and um, improvement organization. So really taking scientifically valid data through a technology platform to be able to ask confidentially how employees are doing and then equip leaders with real time, like very fast, like turnaround could be like three days after a survey is completed on a quarterly basis with information to then break down action plans and to coach leaders on what to do with the data, like how to take next steps um, in that action plan. So, you know, it's a, it's a technology turnkey technology that also brings a human component, an individual that's walking alongside executive teams and HR departments to use that data and be able to build a plan to improve. Right. And, and, it, and it's a mobile, <clears throat> a lot of times it's a mobile app, whether it be an I. On, an, on a phone or like a, a tablet that it's been able to, it gets issued in it's six or seven minutes and it's the, the 17 drivers are measured, but it takes six or seven minutes once a quarter. And that data is all brought together in a usable format for the, for the leadership to be able to, to be able to evaluate where those hotspots are. But, but is that, that's, that's my understanding of how this platform works. Yep. Yep. So the survey is deployed usually through an email address or a mobile number. So you can take it, you know, through email on the computer or, or on your mobile device and is about six minutes. Really best practices today for anyone that's, you know, thinking about changing their system for surveys um, is keeping it under seven minutes on a regular basis and it, regular meaning quarterly. Anything over seven minutes is statistically showing that the uh, participation rates aren't going to be as high as really under that seven minute mark. And so making, you know, the each of the participants that you're asking your employees aware in the beginning that this is a very short um, survey, but also that they're going to get feedback on the outcomes of the survey every quarter as well. So A, we're asking for a short amount of time, very easy for you to access via email or your mobile device, but we're also gonna keep you in the loop on what we're doing every quarter because another way to drive down participation in the future is keep asking employees for feedback, but never share with them what they're 
what you're doing, even if maybe the main focus is not to, you know, work on their particular location or their team because of a main issue that came up, just letting them know what the survey is doing to help lead, you know, the focus is on the Chicago area for the quarter and here's why. Um, thanks so much for your input and, you know, just keeping them in the loop so that they want to keep participating. Right. Because that part of employee engagement is that emotional connection to the organization and the leaders. And so if you set the stage with that, we're going to do this employee engagement, we're going to use the survey, this platform, and then that sort of, okay, I'm interested, I'll participate. But I think quarter after quarter, if it's done and they get the feedback, it sort of reinforces that initial, like, okay, I'm going to trust this, I'm going to buy in. But then if it's not reinforced and and when we've spoken in the past, you've said it's really it's the second or third quarterly survey where you sort of finally get your level of engagement known because it's like people are finally trusted. They, they trust the process, but they really trust the process as it's gone on multiple times. Yeah, that's right. You're going to start to really see ROI from, you know, engagement scores, turnover, productivity, probably after the third or fourth that's really where we start to see that mark. I mean, there are a number of clients that hover right around the 20% change in turnover after year one. Um, and that's really ultimately what we would be striving for is to make that kind of an impact from a ROI to be able to prove the value of Amplify coinciding with engagement scores increasing. Um, but you're, you're going to start to see those numbers hover right around that, that third quarter or one year mark. And even if that was a metric, like, you know, okay, three or four times you do this survey, <clears throat> you sort of start to see results. If you only did the survey once a year, then you're waiting three or four years before you start seeing results. You know, if that's the number, but if you do it every quarter, then within a year, you really start seeing results. So I think that's another reason to do it quarterly, other than it probably just makes sense because the human condition changes and the work environment changes and you want to be able to catch things sooner. But it just, it's another reason not to wait once a year. Um, to be able to start moving the um, the results needle, so to speak. Yeah, consistency and follow through are the two main keys to ensuring success in a program. So, you know, consistency and again, going back to the lay of the land on the world right now with average tenure being two years, consistency can't be once a year, right? So whatever that cadence is suggested at quarterly, consistency and then the follow through and communication on, you know, a, follow through on what's happened and what are we doing. B, follow through on um, the action steps, making sure that everyone understands here is the actual, here's the action plan and we are doing, we are acting on it, not just communicating, you know, a plan for it, but we're actually executing. Right. And, and having data is, is important as, you know, folks try to, you know, learn more, you know, to how, how to develop relationships at work, how to engage their teams. The fact that there's some independent data there is a great starting point point to talk from. So, I mean, having data has a lot of advantages within the organization and then I'm sure at the leadership level, but you also work with leaders to sort of bridge the gap between leadership in terms of business strategy and leadership in terms of human resources and you be able to say, okay, here's the data. Here's how the different leadership realms, historically, you know, leadership business strategy was different than human resources was different than even marketing, branding, and communication, which all are important today. We sort of had to bridge the gap on all of those to have a thriving, growing organization that inspires people both inside and outside of organizations. But in particular, you've been working with leadership teams and HR to talk about the data and bridge that gap. Can you share a little bit about that? 
Yeah. You know, so obviously data really helps with, you know, brainstorming because you identify problem areas that everyone can get on the same page about one of the, the, I think, uh, greatest opportunities in having a, a tool like an Amplify is you get everybody aligned on the problems because this is data driven. So we're all at the same place versus if we started to work on employee engagement or, you know, changing culture, or changing turnover statistics, just with, you know, a gray whiteboard and no numbers on the whiteboard to understand where we're at, like that helps level set and align when, a, you know, you think if you've got five owners in a company, it's hard to get everybody on the same page to move. And so data really helps with that. So I bring data from Amplify together with the teams that I work with to understand, you know, where is it that they're trying to go? And ultimately, how can I facilitate, I think one of my skills is really facilitating conversation to get them on the same page and ultimately connecting the dots on expert solutions that are going to help whether that's particular trainers in the area of we identified our onboarding is broken and I've got, you know, a resource in Denver that just specifically works on that. Or I've got um, a, a team that I work with out of Louisville that specifically works on turnover in the healthcare industry in, you know, specific areas that come back from these assessments that we'll see um, that I'm really connecting and bridging the gap. So post the data, getting alignment with the teams, helping to understand where they are committed to take action and then bridging those right connections to the table to help to implement change um, inside the organization is really where I spend my time. So I found, you know, I think it, all of us need to take time to figure out what are we best at? And I think for me, I use my passion, like passion, very passionate about employee engagement and driving greater workplaces where people thrive and come alive, but then using my skills of facilitation and really getting leadership on the same page and then connecting, connecting the best resources to be able to help them, you know, make those changes because many times they don't have that internally. Right. And I found, I mean, working with different firms that sometimes it's, it's language and it's, it's translating. This is what leadership is looking for from a business strategy perspective. This is the concerns they have. And this is how HR hears what they're saying. And, you know, this is how, okay, leadership, this is what HR is saying. Let me change that language a little bit. This is, this is the ROI that they're talking about. And so sometimes it's just understanding language of how groups talk about things in the organization to be able to bridge that gap and facilitate. So I want to move into, I know you've been doing a lot of work with mentoring and particularly mentoring of leaders um, in this, but you know, as far as just kind of closing on employee engagement, what do you think holds leadership teams and leaders back from embarking on him? You know, we're, we want to get a handle on employee engagement. We want to know it. We want to understand it. We want to advocate for it. What do you think holds them back? Yeah. Uh, so for some companies that don't want to move forward on measuring employee engagement, I see they don't want to face the reality. Like it happens all the time that it's like, I, we have so many problems that this is just going to open a can of worms and they, I would go out on a limb and say, they just don't have the guts to see the reality. And so unfortunately, um, if you don't have that, then you're not going to get to the heart of where those challenges are. So first of all, we just, we all need to, you know, embrace the fact to, you know, really truly take feedback and understand where things are, the lay of the land and, and get that confidential feedback so that we know really what's happening to move the needle on the most important things. But we see there's just a lot of leaders that don't want to know. They just kind of hide from that. Past that, I think, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, 
implementing an employee engagement program consistency is so important if you you know say hey we're going to be doing this on a quarterly basis and then you launch out you might do it for a couple quarters you fall off when you do pick back up people the participation is going to be challenged as with anything consistency people get behind it when they see the consistency of um you know follow through and then you know second is the execution of doing, you know, we, we said we're going to implement a recognition program because we saw that there's many people that don't feel valued for the work that they're doing. And so we've got this recognition program coming. Here's kind of our original thoughts on that. We'd love, you know, for you to, you guys to chime in. Here's a link here to do that or whatever, but then nothing happens, right? You're probably not going to see much movement on increasing, you know, how employees feel valued, first of all, but then them continuing to participate. So, I mean, it's really, it's it, from a leadership perspective, it's really courage. It, it, it's courage to sort of step forward and do something new to be able to act, you know, request and want to get the feedback. But it's also having that clarity of mission with, you know, because if we're going to get up, we're going to advocate for this, we have to have a very clear mission, be able to advocate for it. And then it's that consistency. And, and I guess it's, it gets into that authenticity world that word that we're we are behind this and we're going to consistently do this and we mean it because i really understand the clear mission of my role as a leader our organization and i'm going to get the courage to get the feedback so it's kind of all that rolled into one which is you know it, it is probably um a big step for some leaders and it kind of gets into the coaching and, and, the, and the setting the stage that maybe working with leaders and leadership teams to say you know you want to get to this point let's kind of work through you know, that clarity and be able to build the muscle of, of courage and what the feedback will look like and, and the stamina to be able to push through is going to be important to work with an individual leader and a team to be able to then release, um, I guess, the, the capacity of their team and, and see where that takes them. Agreed. So in working with leaders, so, you know, I know mentoring is a big piece. So coaching is a big piece. Mentoring is a big piece that they're sort of used, um, in unison today, I mean, do you have any thoughts on what's the difference between coaching and mentoring today? Mm -hmm. So when I think of a mentor, I think of an individual whose job is to knowledge transfer to someone else. Okay. So versus a coach. So a coach is there to walk alongside for, you know, um, pulling out what's already inside of you and holding you accountable to doing what you said you were going to do, you know, versus a consultant is going to take on a project and do the project with expertise and hand it back over as a finished product. Right. So I think a mentor at any, anybody, at every level of age, we're good at something that, you know, a child can be really good at, a particular, you know, maybe sport that they've just gotten good at now learning how to hit the ball. There's no reason why, you know, at seven years old, if they're, you know, in baseball, learned how to hit the ball, they could mentor a five-year-old that is now, you know, batting for the first time, right? There's no, it, it, at any age, we have things that we've developed skills on and we're good at. And then, you know, teaching people then how to transfer that knowledge. Like now, how do we teach others to do what we've done? Um, is, you know, where mentoring stands out to me different than coaching or, or consulting. And I think as a, a benefit companies to be able to offer this to especially leaders of any level is just so, so valuable not to replace learning and development programs, not, you know, there should be awesome learning and development programs that help with, you know, many different, you know, 
tracks and classes and things like that. But ultimately, individuals in leadership of any level, especially middle level managers, being able to have access to a mentor at any given time to work on a skill that they need to develop in order to get to be a a stronger leader. Because that's, you know, aside from the talent gap today, talent shortage, one of our biggest challenges you mentioned earlier is someone did really great in the job that they did. They got promoted into a leadership role, but they're not equipped and ready a very turnkey and cost-effective way to help them skill up would be through mentoring. I believe in that so strongly. Right. Because I mean, mentoring is a little bit more of a safe zone. If, well, if, I mean, coaching can be a safe zone if it's done well, I guess it's the mixture of coaching and mentoring. So, I mean, the way I think of, of coaching is, is a supervisor, super um, employee relationship at any level in the organization where you're really working with someone to help them figure out the job um, and the expectations. And um, once they sort of understand the tactics and the role, you're coaching them through and and bringing them through, but you know the role, they know the role, and you're bringing them forward. But what you just shared about mentoring is, well, I'm not really sure yet. And so I almost need the feedback from others to help me understand what are the expectations? What is the role? Where's my gap? help me figure out how to grow into this role uh, because I'm not there yet versus I fully understand what's expected of me. I just don't, I'm not quite good enough at it yet. And I want you to coach me through it. Um, Is that a distinction too with the mentoring? Like I'm not really sure yet. So I want the feedback from others to sort of understand what I don't know yet and then help share your stories and your experiences to help inform mine. Yeah. I mean, that could be, um, you know, lack of clarity could be what they're working on. For example, I think uh, when you set a mentor mentee up for success, there's a clear understanding that the mentee is looking for skill development on, let's say, having tough conversations. They're getting matched with someone who has successfully done that, had, you know, success in having difficult conversations, and then has structure to be able to help transfer the knowledge of how they've done that, giving examples, sharing tools, um, you know, giving them homework on, on what to try ultimately is I think the difference in, you know, coaching versus mentoring. Right. And, and a mentor is typically not your supervisor. It's, it's, is it somebody outside of, you know, outside of your team, outside of who you report to or someone outside the organization? Is that typically the case? Yeah, I, I think it's great. You know, you could have a mentor inside your organization and sometimes, you know, you'll have a, a wonderful leader that is a mentor to you. Um, you know, I advocate through, we're working on a program called Engage Mentoring and I advocate for external mentoring relationships. So different, um, you know, locations as far as like, you know, geography of where people are located gives different perspective, different um, levels of, you know, success and, you know, tenure inside of that particular uh, role or, you know, cross industries, you know, the skill, skill is a skill. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the same industry and the same, you know, thought lane as, you know, the same company. I think it gives us a, a diverse perspective when we reach out and build relationships with mentors outside of the box that we're living in. And so we really advocate for, you know, finding a mentor outside of your organization to be able to give a different perspective. Right. And sometimes, you know, innovation happens. So from outside, if you get the information from outside, you can, it can spur innovation in an organization. But on the, on the 
flip side with coaching too, coaching done well can really enhance and grow an organization's culture. Like things are really done well. This is the way we do the work. And if we're able to coach and mentor inside of our organization, we can really enhance and grow our culture, but to also be able to be, um, have mentoring from the outside or get information from the outside, we're able to sort of add some new ideas into our organization and, and enhance our culture that way. So having that mix of internal and external probably is, is a good win-win today. Absolutely. Totally advocate for the mix. So what, what can you share a little bit more about your mentoring group? Cause I know you've put together a team of executives and you get together, um, virtually and face-to-face and to be able to share, you know, executives and I think HR folks in particular to get together to share ideas and mentor each other in some of these, you know, I guess, human resource type employee engagement initiatives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we've definitely found through Amplify Data that mentoring moves the needle on engagement. Um, And so that's where I I got, you know, the data led me to see how valuable mentoring as a tactic um, is, you know, alongside HR and and leadership. So engage mentoring came alive. It is a consortium of companies across the nation where the top people leader, that could be the CEO, that could be the chief people officer, CHRO, whoever is that key champion on the strategy of people, sits at a peer roundtable once a quarter among others that are in that same role, the people strategy um, leader. And they are learning together with national thought leaders that come in and share on a particular topic. They are problem solving and innovating on real time challenges that they're having right now inside their organization to be able to get different perspectives and ideas and resources to be able to fix those problems. Um, So peer learning, uh, among the, the strategy leaders, if you will, for the people stuff inside organizations. But then each of those companies has leaders that they've identified, usually middle-level managers um, that are identified on a, on a track to develop um, that then have access to other leaders inside the, inside the company, the participating companies. So there's a little over 150 companies that participate in the consortium right now, top-level um, strategic people leader sits at a round table once a quarter and then identified leaders for, you know, skill building, you know, that they identify to give this benefit to have access to leaders throughout all of these 150 companies to be able to get matched to them based on the skill they're looking to develop. And then engage mentoring also gives them resources like um, agendas on how to prepare powerful questions of what to ask in these sessions, both from a mentor mentee side, um, you know, structure on how to follow up in building the relationship, all of those things to, to ensure that the, the mentoring relationship can be successful. So and it, it, it's that safe zone. So it's, it's peer to peer learning from outside of my organization with someone has a similar role to me, maybe in a different part of the country or different type of organization, different size. I mean, and so that really hits on a major theme today with leaders, in addition to having a coach that can help them work through their job and their goals, is this peer-to-peer mentoring network. Um, And it does get into, particularly with leaders, I mean, it is lonely at the top. And even if we're fully engaged in our organization and, and coaching, you know, our team, I mean, we as leaders need to be fed with new ideas and, um, and be able to have that 
safe zone to share. Like, this is what's happening with me. This is what's happening in our organization with the confidentiality. And so, I mean, I see a lot of these peer-to-peer groups, particularly for leaders, you know, being so important today so that they can be their best selves professionally and personally in their organizations where they play such a crucial role. Um, do you engage mentoring? Do you think that falls neatly in the, the peer-to-peer mentoring or do you think it's something different? Yeah, for sure. I, I think the difference is versus maybe other platforms out there is this is specifically on the topic of talent. So each of the experts that we would bring in is going to specialize in the realm of attracting talent, developing talent, engaging talent, retention. Um, so it was specific around talent topics and therefore the leaders that come to the table in the peer learning, their greatest challenge real time today showing up at this round table, it pertains to talent, not finance, not operations, not, you know, other areas of the business specific in this, in this realm of talent. Right. And I find that, you know, in, particularly in the AE space that I um, do a lot of my work in, it's the four elements that we really need um, to be, understand to be really good at today. And it's projects, profits, people, and purpose that we need to understand all of those. And, and the people is one piece where didn't necessarily take them for granted, but it was, you know, we have good people um, and they'll stick around, but we have to invest so much more in the talent side of the equation. And I think we're, we're, we've been talking about it a lot lately um, and we're coming up the curve, but the, the real skills and the tactics and the strategy behind really enhancing our talent outcomes and, and really engaging our people is a major need for investment and Firms are doing that. Companies are making that talent, but it's what are the platforms? How, how are we fed as leaders? How are we fed as a leadership team? What specific training do we need? Because we've been pretty, we're pretty good at the projects. We've learned how to become better business people. We're pretty good at the profits now. We're doing more about purpose, mission, vision, and values. But what about specifically the people? How are we making our people thrive and making that connection? Because I think that this, from coming back to the first things we talked about, once we do have the purpose, the mission, vision, and values, how to connect it to the individual at mm-hmm. all levels and understand there's certain levels where we might need to do a little bit more work, like the manager level, before we can really have the full effect on the employee level. I think we're starting to identify that as an issue now, mm-hmm. um, which is the first step to being able to have the solutions in place. So I think you know what you're doing, and this is one of the first you know areas that you know, I was attracted to you on when I learned about what you were doing is, you know, it was really having a, a specific dialogue about the people issues and engagement and, and what are the barriers and let's talk about those. And then moving into what are the resources and data being one of those key resources to have the conversation, you know, Absolutely. because it's not my idea. It's not my thought anymore. It's like, this is the data. So let's talk about it. I think if we were to make a solid point on what you were sharing there and just, you know, the theme for our conversation, I think I would challenge leaders to measure and don't assume, you know, gain data to understand what you're going to put together as far as leadership development, middle manager development, whatever that may be. It's, it lets so many times we assume what we think people want or that we think because three people had a problem with this and we've just heard about it in the recent two weeks, we're going to, you know, go this direction, but we're really not gaining data to understand where to go. So I think really measuring, getting data to understand where to go with any kind of people initiatives. Um, And then I think treating people's strategy 
as a key KPI, just it's as important as, you know, looking at your P&L every quarter and reviewing where things are going wrong and what we need to do about it, right? You're not going to wait an entire year to look at your numbers, your financial numbers. But then most people will say our most valuable asset is people. And so just making sure that we've truly got like our pulse on, um, on the KPIs to understand like, where are we really in investing in the most important asset, which is our people. Yeah. I mean, well said. I a hundred percent agree with that. I mean, we really need to understand our people to be able to get the best out of them uh, and be able to thrive as an organization. So anything else you'd like to share with leaders um, and then how can folks get in touch with you and learn about what you're doing and also feel free to share about your podcast, which I think is wonderful. Oh yeah. You know what I would throw out is um, I'm always looking for great leaders that are, you know, walking the walk out there and doing, you know, really unique and just tough stuff inside their organization to build a strong people first uh, culture. And so I'd love to feature them on gut plus science. If you know someone, you know, we've had, you know, huge brands, small companies, but leaders that are, they just, they're a heart on legs. They care, they serve their people and they are doing things differently. I'd love a, a, a recommendation to somebody to talk to. So that would be, you know, one, and I would just encourage everybody that's listening. If you're a leader, you know, intentionally work on getting better at understanding your people, building relationships and tapping into understanding their meaning and what brings them to work. You will unlock a, a much higher performing person when you do that. Um, and then I think I, I'd love to, the other thing is we do these roundtables like I talked about, and I'm always willing to give someone an experience. So if you'd ever like to participate in one, most of them are done virtual. So on a platform like Zoom, where you're connecting with leaders all across the nation, we've got audio and visual on, so you do get to build a relationship, but you're also able to, you know, connect with people all over many different, you know, places across the United States and different industries and things. I'd love to offer you know, and an experience there. So if you'd like to hop on one, we could find a time for you sure to jump into one of our groups. Um, best way to reach me is probably Nikki, N-I-K-K-I at engagementoring.com. Um, and that's definitely a way that we could, you know, be a catalyst for either the podcast stuff or anything that I talked about today, Nikki at engagementoring.com or find me on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm very active on LinkedIn and love to connect people there. Um, last name is L-E-W-A-L-L-E-N. Right. And I encourage people to connect. Um, you're just a breath of, of fresh air and great resources and um, truly the employee engagement evangel uh, evangelist. Oh, well, thanks, Pete. This is so fun. I always enjoy talking to you. All right. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for sharing your insights with the audience. For sure. Thanks for having me. Well, that's a wrap. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to and rate this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show from. There are links on my website and in the show notes to do so. And please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. It really helps to get us established and I truly appreciate that. It also helps get the word out so that together we can collectively grow and positively impact the lives of others, both inside and beyond our organizations. So thank you. 
Thanks for joining us on today's episode of AEC Leadership Today. If you want to stay relevant and effective and take your growth and prosperity to new levels, it's time to take action. To learn more about how Pete can help take you and your firm to the next level, visit www.actionsprove.com. That's www.actionsprove.com. See you next time on the AEC Leadership Today podcast.